day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack. How are you today, Dad? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We're coming in a little late for those of you who might uh, choose to listen when we live stream. Um, you can uh, check us out at shackoutback.studio and, uh, and look at the different shows that we produce. And this is one of them, and there's a live stream link there, so you can listen live. Um, but, uh, yeah, I lost track of days. I just forgot it was record day and was out doing other stuff. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll yeah. chalk that one up anyway. to being, you know, the absent-minded, brilliant person. Ha! <laughs> like, like Aaron Rodgers is trying to say that he's a brilliant person and he just outthought everybody and, and, uh, and that he, you know, when he said he was inoculated – that that yeah. you know, didn't mean that he was trying to mislead people into thinking he was vaccinated. Yeah, I saw where another Hollywood celebrity, I forgot who it was because I didn't know him, but yeah. uh, did a similar kind of thing. And, you know, everybody wants to point the finger and whatever. So you just point back and come at him double hard, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, the guy, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge Packers fan. For those who don't know this, I've been a Packers fan for many years, predating him being the quarterback on the team, I've been a Packers fan. I was a Packers fan before Brett Favre was on, uh, on the team. So, I mean, I've been a Packers fan a long time. And he intentionally misled people. He knows he did it. And now he's trying to pretend like that's not what he was doing and that it's, you know, we were too stupid to follow up and or the news people were too stupid to follow up and ask more specific questions is basically what he said. But it's clear that, he, you know, there's pictures of him uh, you know, after games, going over and hugging people without a mask on and signing, uh, you know, shaking hands. And he went to a the, he's, he posted video of him at a, a uh, uh, Halloween party with no mask on and a bunch of the teammates. And, you know, the his contract with the play, the players unions agreement with the NFL says that even off the field, you're not supposed to be in a room with more than three people uh, on your team if you're not vaccinated and you know and he shot video to show that that's exactly what he was doing on halloween i you know i i'm sorry he, the, he's the, at a point he's I, I think he's like a lot of athletes they get to a point in life where they think they've got all the money they really need they don't now don't really care they say i don't have anything you know so on, cancel my contract you idiots you wouldn't trade me anyway Honestly, you know? I, I think he's at a spot where his whole life he's been told he's such a genius at football that he thinks it just spilled over into everything else, and he thinks he's a smart guy. And it seems oh. to me he's kind of stupid. He kind of <laughs> went, you know, I mean, in, in in the practical everyday life, he seems like he's kind of a stupid guy. Now I understand why he's had relationship problems with his family for years. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you'd heard about that, but, I mean, he's he's famously not spoken to his brothers and his and his parents, you know, or on and off has spoken to them and doesn't see them and they don't come to his games. And, you know, it's because the guy is an arrogant idiot. You know, well, I mean, he says he went to to, to, to get, uh, you know, to, talked to people and did research. And then he quotes Joe Rogan, a comedian and announcer for UFC fighters as the person he spoke to and followed their advice. It's like, you didn't go to a doctor, you didn't go to a virologist, you didn't go to anybody who's who's got any kind of, like, background in actually studying this stuff. No, you went to a comedian. Yeah. Well, I, you know, just about everything that's on television, I, I don't, I think most of those people are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, arrogant. That's the real problem. Yeah. I don't say they're idiots. There's, they're, they're smart people there. Well, but some are. They're, they're, they're arrogant almost to yeah. a T because of the, you know, the 
the amount of ridiculous amount of money they're getting paid to do what they do. Right. You know, and that's and that's true. Of people but you you look at a lot sports. of of sports people that you know they've been told their whole life that because they were the best person on their high school team, they were the best person on their college team. They grew up being told that they're just wonderful and amazing and 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 talented and you know, and so they they don't understand that that doesn't spill over into other areas. Yes, you can throw a football really really well. Doesn't mean that you're you know. Uh, um, you're, you could, you know, switch careers and become a, a nuclear physicist, you know, yeah. um, you know, and you're not a virologist. And and the thing is, is I don't begrudge him not getting the vaccine. If he doesn't want to get the vaccine, that's fine. What I don't like is that he knowingly lied to people about it. He knows he lied when he said he was immunized. Yeah. He was dodging the, the question. He was lying, you know, yeah. and 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 he put people at risk, you know, because then he then went, walked around without a mask on in, in around, amongst people. And he says, oh, well, you know, everybody on the team had had, uh, had was either either uh, vaccinated or was wearing masks. Well, he was he you know, he wasn't wearing a mask. It's been seen that he wasn't wearing a mask. He was at a party not wearing a mask and he lied about it. And then when he went on that radio show to talk about it, just the, was it yesterday, um, he he. If you listen to it, he gets caught in a couple of lies trying to cover up his lie. It just, dude, just yeah. come clean and just say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. I'd have so much more respect yeah. for him if he'd just say that. Yep. But he's not going to. <laughs> no, no. Don't, his, don't his, hold his, your breath. His, yeah, his ego won't let, him ha- won't let that happen. Hey, so frustrating because I want my team to do well. I want him to be the quarterback. I don't want him to go away because he's a good quarterback. This whole, you know, side thing. I mean, because yesterday we the, the the guy that they drafted that got him all upset. They you know traded up to draft him in the first round. Played okay, not great. He looked like he was a young quarterback who was really really nervous. And that's you know, I mean, they lost thirteen to seven. The Packers lost thirteen to seven yesterday. So it wasn't a blowout, but you know he, you know. Well, I don't know. you see, I'm. I'm not a fan for that reason because I I don't get upset about any of these games. I yeah. want a good game. I well, I I vote with my clicker. As soon as the game yeah. gets ugly, I just say, "That's I I picked the winner. I'm moving on to the next one." <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, most of the time, in fact, that's why it's become super pe- popular. I watch the Red Zone Channel because it does it for you. It just shows you the games that are inside the twenty and ready to score. So they bounce back and forth, and they'll split the screen and show you two or three teams if there's several of them at one time that are getting ready to score. And so you can you know, watch all the exciting parts of the yeah. football and none of the boring stuff that happens out in the middle of the field, the punts and, and, you know, and that stuff. Yeah, which um, is most of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, the Red Zone channel is great, and I watch that most of the time. But, I, you know, I mean, I picked a team to, to cheer for years ago. It was the Packers, and that's the team I watch, you know. And so, uh, so I try to watch their games, and uh, and yesterday was, yeah, it was all right. I mean, you know, I, I, I went into it not expecting much because you know this guy's the first time he's ever been a starter in a in an NFL football game, um, yeah. and he did okay. You know, I'd, I'd give him a, a C or you know B minus maybe. I, you know, he was okay. It wasn't great. wasn't bad. Um, mm-hmm. He he was nervous, and you could tell. And he, his, his all of his passes were a little behind, or a little high, or a little low. They just weren't on target very well, and so the receivers struggled. Um, but then they run the ball a lot. But you know, in losing, yeah. he he outpassed Matt, Patrick Mahomes in yardage. Patrick Mahomes passed for 166 yards. He passed for 190 yards. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he didn't look awful. So, yeah. Anyway, this isn't a 
Todd Complains About Football podcast. It's a tech podcast, and we do have some tech stuff. First thing I want to bring up is you got a new toy this last week. It I finally did. came in. So let's tell us about it. Well, it's got a it's got a big crystal on it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a, a big bigger face than in the past by a, for, for a tiny fraction. Yeah. Of well, the size. Yeah, the case. The case is what a, a a millimeter larger diagonally, which is nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's Any, virtually anyway, the same. But anyway, the screen goes bigger, right? Like they've done with the laptops, they got rid of a lot of the border. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, uh, I got the Apple, the Apple uh, Watch. Apple Watch, you know? uh, Series yeah. Seven. Series Seven. And I had you... an Apple Watch. Uh, uh-huh. two, in fact, two earlier ones: the first one and the fourth one. Right. And uh, then, um, now then the fourth I went to seven. The fourth one was the first one with the bigger screen, the 44-millimeter screen, and now you've got the 45-millimeter screen. To me, yeah. that switch to the bigger screen was a big deal because it made them much more legible. And then uh, I have a Series 5, and that was the first one that had the screen that stayed on all the time. And yeah. for me, you know, I mean, for some people, they thought, well, that's, you know, that's a minor thing. I guess it just depends on how you use your watch. For me, that was a major deal that I, without moving my hand, could just glance down and see the watch, like a regular mechanical watch, which... You know, yeah, so so big so deal. I've chosen to change instead of my uh, face on that I used to use, which had a lot of what do they call those little gadgets on there? Complications. Uh, complications. I never remember that word, but yeah. Anyway, it, it was a complicated. Watch yeah. Yeah, it was it was a complicated watch, and uh, actually uh, not very pretty. And I like the seven just because of the famous. Uh, uh, what's it called? The cur- curved, curved watch, contour watch, contour. Contours, face. yeah, contour face is the name they gave it. And the reason they use that is because it kind of shows at the corners that it's a rounded uh, display, sort of. Yeah, the numbers run around the perimeter at the very exit. You know, the, the, they go to the, the widest point of the of the watch, so it shows you the full display size inside of the actual case. And then yeah. each each um, number is the, the the current hour is the boldest, and then the past hour is slightly less bold, and then slightly less bold all the way around to you know twelve hours behind. And it's very very thin, very lightweight text uh, as it wraps around the thing. So it uh, it looks like it sort of um, swells up when it's the current time, so that the biggest boldest number that you see is the current time. Yeah. And well, then, anyway. I didn't know until I got this watch that it does have it in the dim a dim mode where it actually turns some of the watch face off. And in the case of this uh, watch face, it turns off everything but the uh, but the hour and minute hand. So uh-huh. it's a really simple little watch that you can see on an angle, and it's analog, so right. you can quickly tell approximately what time it is. If, yeah. You know. Now, in terms of pointing toward numbers, the first thing. Uh, it was at uh, about 1.45 when my, my wife said, what time is it? And I couldn't tell if it was 1 uh, or 2.15 or whatever it was uh, because uh-huh. I couldn't tell for sure. The little hand yeah. was, was uh Until you woke the watch short. up and you could see the numbers, you really couldn't, uh, couldn't e- tell. Even after, I woke, even after I woke it up, 
you, you had to kind of line up with the little hand and see ah. was it pointing more at the one or at the two. Well, it was more at the one. So okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how I knew it was 145, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, I and the one and the two basically sort of sit right up in the top right-hand corner. So it, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're kind of pointing in the corner somewhere. So, you know, it's one of those things where uh, for people who don't have one of the newer Apple Watches that stays on when, you know, all the time, the when when you don't lift up your wrist and you just glance down, it's got a dimmed version of the of the screen, but it always is a smaller, less detailed version. So, like if you have a a watch face that has a second hand or counts off the seconds, that doesn't show in the in the sleep mode because that takes more energy to keep redrawing the screen, and so you, you get a, a minor version of the of the watch you know face when you look at that. It's it's like a slightly reduced elements, right? And right, so you just have right. to, uh, and, and I think certain faces are more legible in that mode than others. You know, you just have to decide what you yeah. like and, you know, but that's the nice, that's the wonderful thing about a digital watch is you can flip back and forth and find the ones that you like. I mean, I have, uh, like, uh, four or five faces loaded on my watch at any point in time and I can scroll through them to put up the one that I want, you know, depending on what I'm well, using it for. Well, they, I found a page, uh, on the internet and, uh, that has all the different faces and those that were only work on the series seven. Right. So there's two, two of them that fit in that category. And one of them is Siri. It's called the Siri face. And that's because it has some additional Siri features. And I, I didn't bother to mess with it cause I'm not a uh-huh. big Siri user right now. Well, there's but, always, there's been a Siri watch face for quite a while. It's available on all the watches. It maybe is a slightly different version of it that shows up for the 7. I, yeah, I think it is because it said 7 only. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of choices in faces. But the real reason that I got it, I haven't even mentioned, and that is because it's, it's a six-hour between charge. So then uh, – Wait a minute. That even, does, that's not right. You said six hours between charge, and that goes Excuse like eight, 18 hours between charge. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's right. I didn't mean, I didn't say that right. Yeah, you're talking uh, about how quickly it charges. How? Yeah, quickly and, it charges. And that's not six hours either, though. That's... No, no, no. There's something else. I'm confused now. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Uh, it? It charges faster, right? Because it, it's it's um, yes, it does. It's got charges a fast faster. fast charge, and you can give it like an hour in in six minutes, and uh, and uh, and I think it like fully charges in in what they say twenty twenty minutes or something like that. So it'll fully charge for an eighteen hour use in twenty minutes. Well, something like that. There was that. something. That I don't have the, the information the old, in front of me. The, the the old watches had four and a half, and this is six. And I can't that, remember what the heck you're, it was. You're conflating AirPods. AirPods was four and a half, and the new one was six. Ah, uh, that's right. I'm mixing up two different products. No wonder yeah. I can't think of what makes any sense. All yeah. righty. So, so I'm looking at, let's see, let's look at the web. Okay, so I'm looking at the series. I'm looking at the Apple web page now. So um, faster charge, 33% faster charging is what it says. Um, yeah. So I don't know how what that actually equates to in like minutes and, and seconds, but it's 33% faster charging. And you know what? I conflated the AirPods too because when I said it in, in six minutes, it'll give you like an hour of power. Yeah. That's the AirPods right. as well. That was the AirPods okay. that did that. So Easy to do when you start talking numbers as to what yeah. numbers goes with what product. Anyway, uh, 
I, I, uh, I, one of the, the first things I discovered is that I, it hadn't occurred to me to include all of the complications that I had on my old, my former watch face. Uh-huh. And on, on that, I had, for whatever reason, had a, an indication of battery life yeah, you know, in percentage, you know, from 100% down to, right. you know, to where it wouldn't work. And so I could just look at the face of the watch and tell whether it's charged or not. Well, when it came time to put it on, you know, to go to bed, I wasn't sure whether I needed to charge it or not. But I wasn't going to figure it out that night, so I just left it on my wrist. And, of course, I woke up in the morning and the battery was dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, then my wife tells me, this is the first time my wife ever told me technical details. She says, all you have to do is flip up from the bottom and it'll tell you how much. So I didn't uh, even need the complication on the old <laughs> yeah on the yeah old face. yeah exactly you drag and up that, from the bottom and it tells you what your charge is and you know um, so uh, so this this takes me back to when I guess I set up my first very first watch mm-hmm. and that it was I didn't I wasn't aware that that uh, power uh, indicator was available by flipping up on the watch I was working on putting different complications and on uh-huh. the face. I yeah, want to maximize the stuff, and I said, "Well, power—that's an important one. I'll put that one on there." Yeah. Well, when you pull <laughs> so up from the, the bottom, you get you get the control panel for the watch. So it's like the control panel right. that you pull down from the right-hand corner on your phone, and you get your your battery, you get your Wi-Fi and cellular connections if you have a cellular watch. One thing that I use there yeah. is ping your phone. Have you ever left your phone somewhere in the house but you can't find it? Even if your yep. phone is even if your phone is muted, you can cl- tap that ping your phone button, and your phone will make noise, and you can then go find it in your house. Um, I well, use that. You, you you say that, and that just brings up another issue with me. With anyone who wears hearing aids, your phone when it dings, it dings through your hearing aids. You think you have any directional sense of where the phone is? I don't no. think it. I don't <laughs> think it does in this sense. When you when you when you do the ping from your watch. That is specifically oh. designed to make, and so even if you have the phone muted or on Bluetooth somewhere else, it will still oh. ping. The phone itself will go bing, 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 so you can go find it. And, okay, now, well, I, if you can't I hear that know, pitch, but... if you can't hear that particular pitch because of your hearing, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> we we both we both heard a sound in our living room today. We still don't know what made it, but I do have some mini air, some mini pods, AirPods, right, that uh, sit on the counter. And we, the only thing that we could figure out is that something came up on them and then immediately shut off. Huh. Because I, we don't know where the sound came from. Yeah. It was, and, and with, for me, and I blame this on hearing aids again, is that I have basically lost all sense of audio, audible signals for directions. I can't find anything based on sound. It yeah. doesn't help me. You know? Yeah. Because... It you just, just hear a sound, but you don't you're, you don't really get any directional information from it. Right. I don't know why that is, but uh, it, it's just don't ask me to find something based yeah. on noise, you know. Yeah. So. No bueno. Anyway, <laughs> one, 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 one of the blessings of getting old, you know. <laughs> yeah. Get out of hunting for stuff that's making noises. Yeah. Just so. make them go away. Yeah. <laughs> And that's easy to do. Just take the hearing aids out, and then you don't have to worry about it at all. <laughs> everybody that's else right. is going. Everybody else the is world, going crazy, but you're like, yeah, what? Doesn't bother me. The, the world's a nice, peaceful, quiet place, you know. Uh-huh. Instantly. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. 
So, well, we've talked about sort of watch slash AirPods because we didn't know what we were talking about. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but overall, you're happy with the new watch? Seems to be doing its thing. I, I am. I am. And uh, the other thing that I use my watch for very often is if I'm playing music, I, I'll change volume uh, up and down or whatever from my watch, not my phone. It's just it's so much easier. Because usually it keeps it pops the uh, pause play thing up as the primary display. Yeah, if you're playing something, right? On. Yeah, yeah anytime you're playing, playing anytime you're listening to music or a podcast, your watch basically defaults to a control panel for the for the sound. Um, and so and and the uh, the what is the little dot knob on the side? I can't think of. There's got a name for that, but that that'll adjust your volume up or down. The watch stem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the classical nomenclature. Yeah. Anyway, so complications um, and nomenclatures. Yeah, See, you're learning some words today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm the one who told you about complications. That's a, that's that goes back that's to right. me- mechanical watches, and so uh, you know you made it more complicated by having to put some gears and things to have something else moving around on the watch. Um, All right. So there's been some some stories going around and a few things, uh, you know, I've seen it from multiple sources now. Of course, for all I know, one's picking it up and writing about what they read in the other one. So I don't know. I haven't. It may all go back to one source. But um, uh, apparently there's a a security researcher, uh, Dennis Tokarev, who has said that uh, like nine months ago, he left three different zero day bugs uh, in iOS that he told Apple about in even in the beta of uh, iOS 15, or I guess it was originally in iOS 14, but it, it existed in iOS 15. It The current is iOS 15.1, and he says, as of this time, there's still two of them that they haven't even patched. So he made them public. He just posted them publicly and said, look, if you're not going to fix them, and, and and this is going back to some issues that I've heard several different developers and, re, and researchers say, too, is Apple has this bug program, Bug Bounty, where you turn in a bug that's a problem for them, and they say, thank you, we'll pay you for finding it for us. They don't pay people, yeah. or they or they pay people very slowly or hesitantly or late. And, and you know, it, it's like, fine, if you already knew about it or and, and so it wasn't something news to you, then, then announce that to the person. But you don't communicate very well, Apple. Um, because you've got a, a good fair number of people upset, and apparently we've still got two zero-day bugs uh, that are in our operating system right now. So now, the, now the question that occurred to me when I read this is: I would expect the urgency uh, of Apple's action, if any, has to do with what they perceive to be the uh, the impact of those bugs. Now, the guy did attempt to say it affects the user. It could affect the user in some negative ways. But sometimes the companies don't prioritize user needs. Uh, They certainly wouldn't advertise that, but they will impact. If it impacts the company in a negative way, and, and of course, user needs will eventually. Uh uh, But then uh, the question is, whatever these impacts were, would would the users actually blame Apple for them? You know. Yeah. Well, you know, and what I haven't I haven't seen is he says he made them public. I haven't seen somebody else who's now evaluated them publicly and said, you know, yes, these are severe problems or these are 
you know, like okay, yeah, technically it's a, it's a it's a bug, but it's not really they really can't do anything with it, so it's not that big a deal, you know. Yeah. So because there's different severities of these kind of bugs. For those who don't know, by the way, zero day is a reference to how many days since the software had been released since the bug was there. And so, like, if the bug was there in a previous version and they don't fix it in the new version, then it's technically a zero day. Because on day zero, when they released the new version of software, the bug was there, which is the case with, you know, iOS 15.1, which is the current current released version yeah. of iOS. These two bugs are there. And these bugs, you know, theoretically, a, a bug, for the most part, what they're saying is it allows somebody to to gain access to your system in some way that you wouldn't want them to. Uh, but... Again, there's different ways of gaining access and different amounts of vulnerability when you when you do that. So the question is, you know, how severe are these bugs? Um, and, and is that perhaps maybe they're not very severe, and that's perhaps why Apple hasn't fixed them yet. Um, or maybe they, they are fairly severe. Apple just doesn't want to talk about them because it's hard to fix. It's a piece of software that's difficult to change without changing functionality on the system. And so they've got to figure out figure out a way to do that. You know, not everything is, oh, just go change a piece of code because... Sometimes it's it's you know the the issue is the stru the structure of the system to begin with, and you might have to now think about how you how you've architected your system and make some changes that way, and that's significant. You know that's that's harder to do. So, right. so yeah, I mean, anyway. I just don't know any of the details. So I, I you know I'm I'm not going to get like overly worked up about this because my assumption is, and maybe this is a bad assumption. My assumption is is that if it was something that was really horrific apple would be moving on it more quickly and if it's you know and it, it, it you know he may think yeah. that it's 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 terrible they may look at it and go well you know it's not the world's ending kind of problem we'll, well fix it when we get to it well well the guy reporting it he's he's saying well, I, i'm hoping the check's in the mail right basically <laughs> yeah except that now that he's gone public with it he they probably are not going to pay him but he may have decided they're not going to pay me anyway because it's been you know yeah nine months and they haven't fixed it and they haven't paid me. So, you know, I've got right. nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, it all has to do with the relationship between mostly developers. Cause those are the kind of people that are going to find these things. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and their developers and, and maybe he's a small, uh, small guy that won't get the attention of a big, bigger and more important customer. Yeah. There's so, a whole bunch of, of, uh, independent independent developers that that have apps that are popular on the app store and and they're well known within the apple community and and so when they start complaining about stuff uh you know apple tends to listen eventually but they tend to be kind of slow about it um, there's been a whole lot of conversations within that apple developer community about uh how the company has not been particularly responsive to some of their concerns as developers in the way that they handle things. And, yeah. you know, part of the issues that they're having around the Apple store and what you're allowed to do and not do is, is the conversation that the developers are having. They're just saying, you know, you guys are making it hard for us to make a living and hard for us. You know, you don't seem to want to give us credit for making your system a vibrant and, and positive place to be. You know, it's like you, you think that everything that happens on the iPhone is, is the result of all the great work you do. And, you know, people, sure, you do some great stuff, you make some great operating systems and great hardware, but, you know, people also want to use the apps that we've built. And so maybe you could support us a little bit in building those apps a little bit, you know, be a little bit friendlier in the way you support us. So, you know, I yeah. think there's some valid concerns. Um, 
you know. Well, there are, yeah, it's like, it's like anything else, it's, you know. This, yeah. You know, it's it's nothing new to the Apple developer community. Quite honest, I'm, to be honest, you know, um, I remember yeah. back back in the early days of Macintosh with the original OS, you know, and the little nine-inch Macs and stuff, and developers kind of complaining, and and the kind of feeling was that, uh, you know, Apple built systems that were focused more on users, and Microsoft built systems that were focused more for developers, and so that's why there was more cool stuff on the Microsoft stuff for a long time. It was hard to to you know, there were apps that weren't even available on on the Mac for a long time, just because nobody wanted to develop there, you know. And yep. that's that's flipped a little bit, but there's still you know more, a lot more people using Windows things than Mac things. So, but yeah. when you throw in iPhone, you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's more people want to develop for iPhone yeah. than either Mac or Windows these days. So I mean, that's that's, that, that's right. That 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 really that flips the coin really in apple's favor it does you know but they really haven't changed their attitude they they you know they provide some great tools and stuff but they they tend to want to say say do it our way or or the highway you know (laughs) it's kind of like okay you know so as a developer you have to keep that in mind you want to have access to you know putting an app out there for all those iphone users you're just going to have to deal with the way apple does stuff and deal with their 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 store and and their rules Speaking of dealing with uh, people, the latest thing that, of course, impacts just about everybody who's got code that runs on Apple products uh, have been impacted by that uh, uh, um, protection of their uh, information. Uh, right. And, and so that's kind of getting more and more play all the time because different groups are being impacted in the real negative way. In other words, the whole advertising community has basically been attacked, if you will, by Apple's uh, uh, effort to uh, to keep us from... From being tracked know, everywhere we go and everything we do. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's beneficial to Apple, no doubt. It's a very big positive thing because that brings people on like nothing else. Yeah. People well, don't... don't don't feel protected very much when you get on the web. Yeah, uh, and Apple's, Apple's stance in all of this is it should be up to the user to decide if they're willing to allow you to track them and do their things. And and Google makes all of their money from ads, and Facebook makes most of their money from ads. And so those two companies in particular are saying, no, it shouldn't be the user's choice. They should, if they want to use anything that we touch, then they by default have to let us, you know, know everything they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there there was an ad that, or an article today that I read that uh, one of the complaints was a guy says uh, the ads can't go out that go out anymore. You, you can't even determine whether you're advertising to a man or a woman. So how do you sell underwear? <laughs> I I thought that was one of the funniest articles I read. I yeah. didn't send it off to you yeah. to talk about, but it was it was hilarious because. Uh, you know, if you're advertising, typically you want to know who your uh, base base is. Yeah, who are you targeting? About who, who you're talking to, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so people that manufacture nothing but women's underwear, which is apparently what this guy was talking about, he says, yeah, <laughs> yeah. guys might not might not mind re- reading these ads, but 
That's, yeah, they're not but they're going to be customers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able away. to. I'm not going to be able to sell anything to these guys. So, so anyway, then, then the comments, of course, were kind of hilarious too. So, yeah. Anyway. You know, I see both sides so, of the coin, but I still think it should be. You know, if if I buy a device and own that device, I should decide what is and isn't tracked on that device, and it should be up to me. And Apple's giving me the tools to control that. The flip side is Apple's. I think on the exact opposite side of the argument and the wrong side of the argument when they come back and say, uh, I bought that device, I own that device, but I'm not allowed to do any repairs on that device and Apple won't sell any parts to fix anything on that device. I have to go back to Apple. I think that if I own it, I have a right to repair it and take it apart and do whatever I want with it. And and that means I should have free access to parts and pieces to fix it. So, you know, because right now yeah. you, 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 you can't, uh, it's, it's difficult to take your iPhone to a non-Apple repair shop. And let's face it, you know, where I live and where you live, an Apple store is not that far away. There are people who have to drive 100 miles to get to an Apple store. Um, you know, if they've got a fix-it shop in town yeah. and that guy can get, have access to some, you know, parts and pieces, he could fix it for them. But Apple won't give them the parts yeah. and pieces. And yep. so, you know. That that whole right to repair thing is is a whole fertile battleground as well. Um, yeah. I think who is it? Uh, I think John Deere Tractors is having is, is at the heart of that issue too. There's been a court case that actually I think went to the Supreme Court. I don't know that they've come down on it yet. Where they were talking about that, you know, because Ap- the John Deere was saying the same thing. Well, we're not going to sell parts to repair your your tractor to anybody. You've got to come to a certified John Deere retail or repair place. Because they know what they're doing, and I don't. We don't want to sell parts to some bozo who's going to put them in wrong, and then, you know, you'll blame John Deere for having a tractor that doesn't work, or doesn't work the way yeah. you want it to. I see, you know, I see their point. Yeah. But that's yeah. the choice. Isn't that the choice of the person who bought the dang tractor? He can decide if he wants to risk going to the local guy or whether he wants to take it to the John Deere certified dealer. You know, that's my choice. Yeah. I can decide where I want to fix. You know, if I were leasing the tractor, I totally get what they're saying. But if I bought it, it's my tractor, my phone. I can decide what I want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think they're a, that's a losing proposition. I don't think they're going to be able to win that in the long run. You know, if I bought it and it's mine, you can't tell me. Well, they'll me just I, say, well, if you're hooked, they, we'll just lease it to you then. They, yeah, they, yeah. They'll, effect, they'll, effectively, Apple's going that way anyhow. They want you to just always just pay – Monthly yeah. payments and get used to it. You know, that's yeah. part of Yeah, get used to your monthly. Tax. Exactly. Get used to paying a monthly <laughs> payment, and we'll just give you a new phone when new ones come out. And uh, yeah. and that way uh, you're happy, we're happy. You yeah. Know. So. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, um, I, I did contribute to, to uh, share with you the one that is probably the lowest – technology thing on the whole list but it's how to put a little apple logo in front of a word and it's a it struck me as something that's kind of neat because when i'm typing i don't want to write apple watch and always spell out a-v-p-a-l-e or whatever Uh if i can make something else and basically they just do a text substitution for your keyboard on on the ios devices Uh and so uh as long as i can type fewer letters and 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 substitute that and get an Apple symbol, uh, and everybody will know what that means when right. the reader, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but it's of course not portable over to PC devices and all that because it's, uh, 
It's not a printable character, right? Yeah, Typically. it's not part of Unicode, so it's right. not it's not the standard uh, text that will show up on any but, keyboard. But but to but to Apple users, it kind of makes sense. Uh, the only thing is, is that the text substitution needs to be a couple letters that you're never going to find in words. So that's a very, uh -huh. uh, but yet something that you will instantly recall. Well, on and, uh, on that's on the on the iOS devices on the keyboard, it's uh, right. yeah. it's it's a, a standard Option Shift K. If you happen to be using a Windows keyboard on your Mac, it's Alt Shift K. I can't help but think that they should have figured out a set of modifier keys they could use with A to get the Apple. <laughs> it just seems wrong. Why is it a K? That yeah. isn't, there's there's no K in Apple. Um, but uh, right. Option Shift K gives you an Apple icon so you can type that from your keyboard on a mac but on ios um it it's a little bit more involved and it has to do with text replacement for those of you who aren't aware of what that is is text replacement is the ability to take any string of characters or or phrase and anytime you type it it will automatically be replaced with whatever you've typed into the string replacement and you can go in and set that up and it's actually really handy so like if um I've got one that uh, if I type in KK, then what it types in is okie dokie. So if I'm, you know, uh. <laughs> want to say okay uh, to somebody, um, uh, you know, and, and I get enough of uh, mistakes that are like because I partially typed something, I typed the wrong letter and I didn't catch that then it got auto replaced by something else within the thing. Uh, I can type DAC and it says, you know, damn autocorrect. <laughs> with a with an icon there so that people know that I didn't mean to type, you know, down when I wanted to say done or something because, you know, you, autocorrect. You just you just you just kind of get, uh, announced a, a pretty good substitution for the iOS devices. OSK. Option shift K you said, right? Oh, option shift K. <laughs> so yeah. So if you want to help re reinforce so. the how to do it, yeah, OSK would work um in uh in uh on the iOS one anyway. IOS. Yeah, so if you go to uh, Settings, General, Keyboard, then Text Replacement, then you can add a text replacement. All you do is you put in um, the shortcut that you want to type and the phrase that you want to type it. You hit the plus sign to add new things to the list, and you can go in and edit that list and take things out if you want. Um, but if there's something that you know you type fairly regularly, um, it's um, uh, a great way to automatically replace that. Is use that um, that auto replace in the thing. By the way, this this, this little bit pattern that creates the Apple logo, uh, you have this article has a picture of that so that you can copy it uh, before you go into your uh, con control panel and re and or uh, not the control panel into the keyboard setup and uh, have that replacement uh, set of bits. So you can plug it in and, and give it a name. Yeah, well, that so, they're, they're basically saying yeah that basically that's what they're saying here is that that if you're going to use text replacement for something and you want to type in you know the word Apple logo and have it replaced with the logo or A A P L which is their their uh, stock market sign or whatever you want to use to to call up the Apple logo, you still have to be able to type the Apple logo into the text replacement so that you know that it's there. And they're saying just copy and paste it, and they give you a picture of the Apple logo. If you want right. to be able to do that and you don't have this article, all you have to do is do an Option-Shift-K on your Mac, 
and then you can get it. Now, if you don't have a Mac, all you have is an iPhone, then I'm not sure what to tell you other than, uh, you know, you can go to, um, uh, well, you can go back, you, know, you can go back to some tool that allows you to create bitmaps, you know, yeah. that's cause that's all it is. Yeah. Well, make use of.com has an article that tells you how to do it. So if you can go to make use of.com, if you want to go find the Apple so that you can copy it and paste it into your, uh, your text replacement. And that way, then yeah. you can put the Apple logo on your iOS devices as well. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I you know that's fun, and and I like the text replacement thing. Like I said, I use it for a variety of different little phrases that I know I I say a lot. I used to have one that said, you know, I'm headed home, so that like if I was uh, uh, on the road, yeah, on the road, I could just quickly type I H H, and it's I'm headed home, and that would then you know be ready to send just to you know kind of let folks at home know I'm on my way. I've since replaced that actually with a shortcut that now if I say the words, you know, hey Shlomo to to my Siri device and uh and then uh, say I'm headed home, it not only sends a text, what it does is it actually calls the map app up, gets the route to my home, gets the estimated time of arrival and then sends a text saying, you know, I'm headed home, I should be there about and adds that in. So adds the estimated time of arrival in. So it's, uh, you know, a little bit more um, complex, but it's yeah, a you, much more informative text sure. that I'm sending. That's that's something we maybe we should spend a, a day on is your shortcuts, because that's a fairly recent thing, is everybody has the shortcuts app, I think, on their on their iOS devices. Yeah, it's on all the and iOS uh, devices, and, it's, and as of uh, OS Monterey, it's now on Mac devices as well. Because it expands most people's capabilities significantly without doing any creating any of these things themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just there's some nice ones there, so uh, we could just uh, go through or at least part of the show. On yeah, there's some like default that. ones, and I have spent some time doing that. Also, if you're interested in that, if you go to uh, the podcast Two Minute Tech, there's a whole series of things talking about that somewhere around the 100s, episode 100 ish in there is uh, a series of different ones talking about using shortcuts and also using NFC tags because you can trigger shortcuts. Uh, they're actually correctly called Siri shortcuts by calling out a Siri command. Um, and the name of the shortcut is what you call to trigger it. So I would say, yo, Shlomo, I'm headed home. And that then triggers the I'm headed home shortcut, which I explained to you a minute ago. But you can also trigger them with little NFC tags. And I bought a package of 25 of them for, I think, like 10 bucks on Amazon. And uh, what I've done is actually there's a sticker in my car. And if I touch my phone to it, I don't have to say anything. I just touch my phone to where the sticker is. It then automatically triggers the associated shortcut. And so I can also trigger my I'm headed home by by touching the NFC tag. Um, I've got another one that is on my um, I have a Keurig coffee pot, coffee maker. And occasionally mm-hmm. I use it for just getting hot water for some, like, instant oatmeal or uh, uh, a cup of noodles. And on both the instant oatmeal and the cup of noodles, they tell you put the hot water in and then let it sit for three minutes. So uh, what I've got is uh, once I'm done filling it up with water, if I touch my phone to the NFC sticker on top of my coffee pot, it automatically starts a timer for three minutes. So I don't have to go find the timer, the clock app and go to timer and set it to three minutes and hit go. Uh, I just touch my phone to the NFC tag, and it automatically starts a three-minute timer. And then that alarm, alarm then lets you know when you're 
Yeah, three minutes Water's later, ready. my phone will buzz or beep and say, okay, your, your food's sat for three minutes. You're good to eat. Yeah, so you know, oh. that, so Siri, the 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 combination of the the Siri shortcuts and the NFC tags could do some pretty cool stuff. So uh, you know, yeah. it's, and it's easy easier than you would think to set it up. So we can, yeah, that. Let's, I'm, I'm not ready to talk about the details of how to set it up today, but we can we'll we'll save that for a future show, right? That'll be a teaser out there. So yeah. uh, we talked about the zero day alerts as an issue with iOS. There's apparently a lurking issue with. Uh, some of the new uh, M1 Pro MacBooks as well, and I've heard I've read now a couple articles talking about concerns about uh, uh, memory leaks, and so uh, what they mean by a memory leak is you'll be using your device and suddenly something will pop up and say we're out of memory. You can't run you can't run your app or your system's not working right, or everything slows down because there's not enough available memory. And usually what that is is a a uh, an app or a process of an app uh, you know which is essentially just another app running but it's is somehow taking up a, uh, uh, all of the available memory in the system it just keeps you know first it takes a g- one gigabyte then two then three and suddenly the next thing you know all of your memory's in use since you can't launch anything or can't do anything your system it's, it's, grinds it's, to a halt. those those kind those kind of problems are always associated with memory management yeah so we don't know whether it is specific apps that are included or whether it is a problem within the memory management tool or a section of the operating system or what's going on there. I haven't read anything specific about it, but I assume that they will probably push out like, uh, you know, Mac OS, you know, point one or point oh one to fix something like that before too much longer. One of the thoughts that occurred to me is the memory on these uh, little segments of memory uh, on the uh, chips themselves. Uh-huh. The hard, the hardware design uh, has got to support a memory management that makes sense, so that all aspects, all elements of memory management on the chip uh, all play together. Uh huh. And that's a non-trivial problem. Yeah. Well, I since have, it's have, it's a uh, a shared memory model, so that your graphics uh, processor is sharing the memory with your CPU, it's pretty complex. <laughs> a- a- absolutely. And uh, what that really has to do with, and the reason it's a difficult management problem, is because it has everything to do with timing. And timing is a thing that you try to avoid in most synchronous system designs, but synchronous systems are slow compared to asynchronous systems. Now, I know I'm getting into some terminology here that may not mean anything to lots of folks, but I'm just telling you that there is a distinct possibility in my mind that's scary as heck because if that hasn't, that if that wasn't really given the attention due, uh, at a very early stage in the design of those chips, then Apple is in deep yogurt mm-hmm. because yeah. it's a big it's a big issue. Yeah. And, now, the, 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 you're not the only one who's been concerned that this might not be a software memory management problem, but rather a hardware memory management problem. That there's a design oh flaw in the chip, and oh and you know it's the kind of thing you would think that hey we would have caught this sooner than this, but maybe not. You know. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. it wasn't like everybody was out there practicing with these new chips to see what they were like. You know, it was a limited set of people within Apple. And so I, I, I will tell you that uh, this has been a, a big issue from the very earliest days of computing back to, to the point where uh, I was involved with uh, strategic missile computers and the early computers for the Minuteman systems was actually the did not have uh, internal RAM as we think of it. RAM didn't exist then. So all memory was on a drum. And that means when you wrote uh, into a register, that was a location on RAM. Uh -huh. Every bit of memory was on the disk. So yeah. if you wanted to do something, it was tied to time, the rotation. Yeah. How, that how long made. it takes to spin the disk around. And so talk about a complicated thing. It seemed like, you know, uh, that, that uh, man, I mean, computer design today doesn't even resemble what those guys did. Yeah. And it was ama amazing that they made the, the system actually function and do the complex things that are uh, launching a missile and releasing RVs and all of that have to do with uh, computing on a computer that had these kinds of time constraints associated yeah. with it. Well, in a way, in a way, the 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 spinning of the drum equates to clock cycles in 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 yes. current computers, yeah. and so there still is a real big timing issue. You know, yes. and like you said, if that's not thought through, yeah. it, you know, and and obviously there's smart people building these things; they think through these things, but it's very complex. And let's just hope it's not a hardware issue. Yeah. So it it you know. You, you you would say that uh, you absolutely have to be certain on those kinds of situations, uh, plus lots of testing to, to verify uh, all the things that can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so it's uh, the problem runs into the testing side of it as well and how to be sure you've caught anything that can be caught. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, when they first announced the way this memory was working with all of these different processors, you know, you got multiple processors, so they're all, that means they're all linked together in a uh, in a time domain and how they operate with memory. Yeah. So uh, you can see that there's there's a a lot of uh, complex complexity added to the system design at that level, and uh, so. Yeah. I, I I have no idea of saying where and how to isolate a problem like that, but that itself, as I said, is a non-trivial issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one the one thing that I would say that might be a little bit of a of a of a light at the end of the tunnel on this is, and this may not be the case. I mean, it still may be a hardware issue, but uh, the way this has been tracked down is the system isn't working the way you'd think it would be. And so the gentleman launches activity monitor. And most people never, ever look at that. But there's a folder called utilities inside your applications folder on every Mac. And in there, there literally are some utilities. And one of them is called activity monitor. And you can go in and monitor every process that's running on your computer, how much memory it's using, how much uh, uh, network bandwidth it's using. And he goes in and looks at, and he shows a screenshot in the article where he's talking about it, looks at how much memory he's using. And Control Center, which is the little apps that pop down from the right-hand corner, uh, you know, to, mm -hmm. to tell you, you know, your Wi-Fi connection and what focus you have. And you can control, like, the, you know, the display 
uh, brightness and the sound and that kind of stuff. Uh, Control Center, it's a little applet, is using 26.5 gigabytes of memory on his computer. He goes, why is Control Center using, you know, he's got a 64 gigabyte memory in in the Mac that he bought, and 26 of it, you know, a, a, a third, a little over a third of it is being used for one little tiny app. You know, Final Cut Pro, which is a large pro app, is only using six gigabytes. Why is Control Center gone haywire? You know? Yep. And and well, so is that a problem with somebody's with the code on Control Center? Or is it a problem because Control Center is hitting a spot in memory that is physically designed poorly? You know? Yeah. We don't know. Well, I I would say before anybody ever committed any hardware to this, that the very first thing that they do in computer design is you there's a simulator. And that simulator has to do this time syncing of everything. Yeah. And, and that's how you do monitoring. In fact, you can go out, uh, I'm sure, for even today and, and get monitors that are simulated uh, 8086 computers, you know? Yeah. It's all, all done in software. So that that way, if you have to change something, you can change either the monitoring side of the software or the performing side of the software <laughs> and, and see what, what you can do about the problem. And, and I suspect that that's how these chips were designed in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't do it any other way because you don't you don't want to commit to hardware. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, they 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 build it virtually first, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And they and they test this, you know, and and theoretically, this is just a a build on from the original M1, and yet the problem seems to be with M1 Pros and M1 Max chips. So when they expanded from the initial 16 gigabytes of memory available to the now 32 and even 64 gigabytes of memory available, you know, is have they have they hit a limit or or a, a problem they didn't anticipate? And so, you know, I, I, given the, yes, the com, giving the commitment of making something in hardware, you've got to think that that was tested upside down and backwards 50 different ways, and that it's probably not directly a hardware issue with chips but either way uh when i first started reading about this my first text to you was i don't think we need need a you know because neither of us have one of the new M- m1 chips of any kind yet um and it was like maybe we don't need to get them right away maybe we wait you know because yeah. this is a first generation of this level of chip for apple um you know and i'm not saying there is a problem with it but clearly there's a problem with the overall system uh you know, that it doesn't appear to affect everybody, but some people have been reporting it. And, you know, it's more than a few. And the type of problem, because of how devastating it can be, um, it's like I'd rather see what the resolution is before I go invest the kind of money that, that you have to to buy one of these new machines. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that was at least that was my read on it. Have you seen anything about it happening on the original M1s? This has only been on the new M1 Pros, right? And Maxes. Ah. They've had these problems. Ah. I, I have no comprehensive uh, understanding of how how many people are involved in this uh-huh. uh, at this point. I, I really haven't researched it. Right. I just, you know, you, you just happen to catch an article and you say, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I wonder where that's going. Interesting <laughs> slash concerning. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm with you. You know, we're, we're not urgent need of, of an M1. Right. Uh, we're just 
we just kind of like to get our hands on one to play with it. <laughs> right. Well, it'd be nice to be able to have one to talk about it and say, here's what I'm seeing. But um, but I'm not willing to yeah. say, here's what I'm seeing. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, although quite honestly, even if I were to get one, the Mac, as much as I might lust after the M1 Pro and M1 Max processors, the M1 would be more than enough processor for me. I mean, I don't do any real heavy list, lifting. The most I, I do is with um, with Logic Pro as a you know music uh, sound mixing application, and yeah. that is mostly podcast stuff. So I only have a few tracks open. It's not like I'm I'm composing music that's got you know seventy tracks overlaying each other and you know it's nothing complex right. so so i don't I don't need a whole lot of memory and I don't need you know the m one already has more computing power than the uh the intel i seven that I've got in my uh my main machine right now so well anyway i I published uh or I sent you a copy of an article that's out regarding it the title is sixteen inch inch m one macbook pro okay uh-huh. And, uh, the good, the bad, uh, and the I, very, very uh, ugly. <laughs> yes. But when I read the thing, I think to myself, it could very well apply just to the M1. You know, not not the Pro, but the original uh-huh. M1. And maybe, it, maybe he's just now getting to this, but he's a big user, so he's got more different uh, software on his original machine that he wants to transition into this new machine. Right. Now, transitions uh, of a whole bunch of different code just to the very same architecture are, can, can be troubling sometimes as well. Yeah, just loading up a new the, machine. Uh, it's work. Yeah, just because of the nature of, of the software that you're using made by multiple other manufacturers. They're not all uh-huh. Apple stuff. Right. And, and, and you can trust that. Out of all of that, there's probably some, something you have that Apple didn't test in terms of transitioning it from the old uh, architecture into right. the into the new M1 stuff. Yeah. And so that's the crux of this guy's complaint. But when he starts to getting into some of this stuff, uh, you can see why it's getting real messy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, well, and he puts a caveat in there, but he's just one little sentence. After he complains about how, how horrible it was to upgrade, he goes, if I'd have bought all my stuff through the Mac App Store, then this wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> but yeah. but, but he didn't. <laughs> he, he's bought a whole bunch of stuff directly from vendors, and when you move software from one machine to another, they want you to come in and say, well, A, the Mac wants you to say, are you sure you want to do this? Because we don't know where it came from. So you have to answer some security questions. And then... Yeah. The vendor is going to say, well, you know, you had this registered on one machine and you only have a license to use it on one machine. Do you want to license it here or you want to, you want to leave the license over there? So then you have to answer those questions from the vendor. And if you've got a whole bunch of apps, that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Yeah. So you know? anyway, for people in operating environments like this, this guy, you know, he's, he loves the performance of the stuff that just as the easy transition over, you know, all the Apple products, of course they work. I mean, it was designed to, and, and Apple understood that. And so that's what the transition support that they provide uh, covers, but not all this other stuff he's got. And therein lies uh, the danger of, of moving when, when you're, you know, uh, you have 
so many vendors involved. Things uh -huh. do go wrong. <laughs> and he seemed to have them in abundance. And yeah. so I, I can I can see quite easy how, how this can get out of hand in a hurry. And I, if I were somebody doing all of that, I would have been real hesitant to make the transition in the first place. I'd have just kept my other machine going and said, well, we'll give it a shot on another machine. Right. If it, but if it doesn't work, we have another use for that machine. Yeah, I mean, well, and if you're a busy don't, professional, don't do this transition, you know, on a work day when you need to get work done. Either set aside right. a day or do it on the weekend because it's going to take time to, to deal with all of the software from all these different places and all of the issues involved with getting that going and running. It's one thing he complains about, well, you know, if you have uh, Intel software that isn't a universal binary, you know, that nothing tells you that. And it's like, well, that was supposed to be a benefit. It's supposed to just go in and run because of the Rosetta 2 yeah. layer. So I don't see why right. he's complaining about that. I think at this point he's just mad and complaining. <laughs> which i understand yeah. at some point you know you get you get angry and it's like it doesn't matter everything is irritating now you know right yep you know yeah, it's, it's like a... i never begin a transition from an old computer to a new computer on an empty stomach because because the you know the hangry thing is real <laughs> and, oh, oh yeah and, and 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 it always comes down to this here's here's the gem line in here apple could do a lot better here a lot better in other words I'm beyond me. I'm in trouble, and there's nobody to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So the other guy always gets to blame, you know. So yeah, anyway. it's it like we could, you know. I mean, he he points out like Microsoft and Adobe have have done a great job, um, you know, all, uh, migrating their stuff so that it's it's running native on M1s instead of you know through the Intel Rosetta mm -hmm. layer. Um, but but he talks about other software that isn't, and that's somehow frustrating to him. And it's like, well, but what did you actually have to do? Nothing. It loaded in, and you clicked on it, and it runs. So it's yeah. So it's still running Intel code. It'll get better once they do upgrade. You know, and it, he's specifically talking about the Google Chrome browser. Well, Google's going to rewrite yeah. a, a version of Google Chrome that runs on the M1 natively. They're going to do that. It's not like they're, yeah. you know, Bob in his garage coding by himself. They've got a whole bunch of people working on this, so it's going to happen. Uh, and in the meantime, it works fine. Um, my yeah. question is, my question back to him is, is there something that you specifically have that has to run Chrome? Because if not, you shouldn't be running Chrome anyway because it's just an awful resource hog. <laughs> you talk about using yeah. mem you know, memory like we were talking about the last thing. It's like I wouldn't use, I, I don't use Chrome unless there's a, a, uh, a web-based app that requires it. I have Chrome on my system, but I try everything else first. I try Firefox. Yeah. I have the open-source version of Chromium, which is the same basic uh, engine as Chrome. And then if none of those work, then I'll launch Chrome, do what I have to do, and then shut Chrome down as quickly as I can. Yep. You know, and I get it. There's people who love Chrome, but it is such a resource. It's so badly coded in terms of using resources. It'll take every inch of available memory that you've got yeah so anyway the word is a lot of caution is called for if you have anything that's uh slightly out of the sort of standard transitions uh in in a period like this because the uh, the architectural transitions are just add all kinds of complications in every different way that you can think about and it's it's just not not something that uh, you can expect even Apple, the vendor, to make everything work for you in, in an easy way. 
Well, and I, you know, I guess I just disagree. I think all it requires is some patience and, you know, set aside some time because, you know, his very first sentence after he, after he complains about it all being a mess, he goes, well, the migration process itself is smooth, but when you first fire up your machine, you're inundated with a blizzard of security messages and demands to activate software packages. That's not Apple's fault. That's you. That's the software you've got. And if you'd have bought most of your softwares directly through the app, uh, the app store, you would have gotten none of that. It would have just all launched up and worked. Yeah. You know, it's your choice. And I get it. Some software is not available in the App Store. So you have to deal with a certain <laughs> amount of whatever that software vendor puts upon you. But, frankly, yeah. the complaint should be against the software vendors for making their software so so hard to start up on a new machine. You know, not Apple. I, I, I just really disagree with this whole yeah. premise. His premise and his, and his target of attack is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I just I, – yeah. I, I understand what he's saying. I agree. It's a pain. But – if you don't like it, then then refuse to go buy software somewhere else. You know, if you don't like the fact that Adobe makes you go through the, the Adobe software installation process and runs two or three apps in the background, even when you're not even running your Adobe software because you've got to run the Adobe updater all the time, uh, then don't use Adobe stuff. There's alternatives that are available that are pretty good. You know, I mean, just make a choice. And if you absolutely want to use Adobe, then complain about Adobe. Don't complain about the fact that you're yeah. running it on a Mac. <laughs> complain about how Adobe manages their software. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I don't disagree. You know, setting up a new computer, it's funny, though. I always look at it as something fun to do. It's a new opportunity to go set up a computer and, and see what I want to change from yeah. how I had my last computer set up. And so it's 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 a an adventure. <laughs> but. But but you always allocate plenty of time. Because oh, absolutely. You, you don't know. You don't know what you're going to run into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just upgrading the operating system, um, was it a week ago, going to the uh, Monterey, I think I shared with you, I, I, I spent, it was a 10-hour process for me. Um, most of it was downloading. It just took hours for this thing to download. But once it started actually trying to do the installation and stuff, it still took another two hours. By the time it got everything that it needed done, it was just a long, long process. Well, and and the other thing that happens when you have those those kinds of things happen is the impatience in people will too often cause them to do stupid things like oh, yeah. interrupt this process. Yeah, reboot and, your computer. Like and, no, and, never and reboot. Then, and, and then yeah, and then wonder why they get a brick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there were several people saying they, that, that uh, upgrading to Monterey bricked their computers. And I, my sense was they just weren't patient enough because it sits and does nothing for long periods of time. Now, maybe Apple yeah. should be a little bit better at giving you some feedback about what's going on so that you don't, you know, because basically it just sits there. It's doing nothing and you, to you. Um, one of my daughters was upgrading her computer, and I got this text, and she sent me a picture of the screen going, it's been like this for an hour. Should I reboot? And I very quickly texted back, no. Just be patient. And she said, it was another 45 minutes, and it finally finished, and everything was fine. You know, it was just, yes, it was very slow. And I don't know about you, but my experience, I mean, you upgraded to a newer version of Big Sur on your machine because that was the last thing that was available to it, right? Um, right. But it, it seems to me that this last bunch of upgrades from Apple went incredibly slow. I mean, like, you know, two or three times slower than they normally do. And I don't know if the files were bigger or their servers were busier or what, but it just everything seemed really, really slow. Well, the other thing is the time of day that you do it, too. I know, for example, that any time after 3 o'clock where I am, uh-huh. people starting to get home and they start turning on their stuff, 
and pretty soon the whole internet bogs down. That's not the time you want to be downloading a big bunch of stuff for right. upgrades. Everybody's getting know? home to stream the latest Netflix show, right? Whatever. Yeah. But I, I know the internet's, you know, taking a hit there. And so if I'm going to do an upgrade, I, I got mine started in the morning and fortunately got it uh -huh. done just a little afternoon. And, you know, I was glad to because if it had drug on much longer, then I'd have gotten really worried. Yeah. Now, I remember I started mine about uh, a little after 9 o'clock, and I wrapped up about 8 o'clock. Mm. You know, now it, yeah, finished, I, it finished downloading um, around 6 o'clock. You, o you probably then, had some, some contribution of just net slowdown at that time of day, too. Yeah. You know, as, it's just uh, the way things work. It's, the load on the networks are never level. I mean, mm. they, they vary all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyway. well, I mean, I eventually got it and everything worked fine. But even once, like I said, once that you once it was downloaded, even if you take out the download time for stuff, it just seemed like this particular set of upgrades took forever to install. Like you'd say, okay, go install, and <laughs> it just what, dragged on forever. I mean, usually it's done in forty five minutes or so or less uh, for an mm. operating system upgrade, and this one took like two hours and change. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that was the experience that my daughter had, and she wasn't even doing OS Monterey. She was just doing, like you, an upgrade to the latest version of Big Sur with all the bug fixes in it. And, you know, yeah. an hour into it, she she gets a hold of me and goes, is this thing stuck? Should I reboot? And I'm like, no, don't ever reboot. <laughs> Make sure it's got pl it's plugged in and it's got power. You know, don't do it on battery. <laughs> never, never do an right. upgrade on battery on your laptop. Always plug it in. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and, and she eventually got through and hers is fine too. It just took a while. So anyway, Alrighty. uh, did we missed anything? Well, here? one, uh, there was two other things we talked about. One, you sent something about, um, the mail app and 10 things to try. And, and oh. then, uh, the thing, the other thing was Federighi, uh, Craig Federighi's vice president of software at Apple, um, basically he did a, um, uh, a talk, a speech or something. And he it was, a, it was, oh, it was a web summit 2021. He was at the web summit and he gave a, a speech talking about how sideloading of apps, meaning getting apps from somewhere other than the app store would be, uh, terrible basically. And the fine yeah. folks at Mac daily news disagreed pretty strongly they basically said you know uh well they basically said he's a hypocrite well, i mean the, the title says it all right well he delivered well, a hypocritical the, speech they, that's their well, they, 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 they quoted federiki and in quotes side loading is a cyber criminal's best friend and requiring that on the iphone would be a gold rush for the malware industry he said to a large right. audience that one provision in the in the managed what they call the Digital Markets Act, uh, could uh -huh. force every iPhone user into a landscape of professional con artists constantly trying to fool them. So that's coming down really hard on the, the uh, this DMA, by the way, is right. the European Commission uh, group right. that, uh, discussing digital markets uh, and uh, what yeah. they, how they how they might want to be able to sideload into Apple computers or require. Yeah. They're, they're talking about requiring companies that build devices and then subsequent stores to sell software for those devices 
to open it up so that you can go get software wherever you want, the way traditional computers have worked. Now, I don't disagree a whole lot because, I mean, look at the world of, of uh, Windows computers. Uh, there are people who take Windows computers without any kind of virus protection or anything and stick them on the Internet and see how long it takes for them to get hacked. And usually it's less than 60 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, there's you know, you open the thing up to the world and, and you force them to do that. and Everybody's device becomes less useful. You know, it's it's sort of yeah. like nobody answers the phone anymore because all the calls are spam calls. Right. They're all marketing yeah. calls you know that that's been destroyed nobody pays attention to email anymore because that's all spam so now we're texting well now you know what i get texts from people i don't know all the time too um if there was a way to get rid of all of that stuff great but now you're saying that my 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 phone device has to be opened up even more i think it should be an option you know i don't know yeah well anyway the the criticism of apple uh, regarding those comments is that it's uh, it's uh, hypocrisy because Apple, in fact, proposed a backdoor some month month ago, two months ago. I don't remember when. When they were talking but about being they, able they, to uh, uh, scan, scan through photos to find uh, child pornography. Child pornography, yeah. And uh, the entire software community knows that the, the business of scanning pictures uh, is, in a sense, a backdoor to all kinds of other information out of pictures, because intelligence software now can be programmed to analyze just about any picture that's out there to, yeah. for a variety of things. And uh, so, consequently, that's really, you know, if you. If you take a lot of pictures like most people do and put them on the, the cloud and on their mm -hmm. computers and stuff, uh, a lot of your personal information now is, in fact, made into public view. Yep. And so uh, that whole concept is is uh, extreme risk and yeah. is not, not in the public interest. Well, and you think pictures, think microphones, too. I mean, it's, you know, yes. the, oh, yeah. the, the Facebook app has on several occasions been caught turning on the microphone in the background when you're not even running the app so they could listen. And they're listening yeah. for keywords that they then use to target things at you. And people have done tests where they have the Facebook app running but not active on their device and then just say some words and see if that starts showing up in your ads. And sure enough, it's, it's, it's happened. So it's like, it, you know, even if they're trying to protect you from this, there are evildoers out there who will take advantage of you. You know, yeah. and it's funny. I would like to kind of change the discussion around that, too, because apparently people don't care when you say, oh, people like Facebook and Google are gathering information about you. What we need to say, say you know, because then they go, OK, so it, what they're doing is they are weaponizing human nature against you and they're attacking you because of who you are. They're essentially taking information and anything you say that you have an interest in, they then send you more and more things like that to the exclusion of anything else so that you, be, you believe you're getting lots of information, but all you're getting is filtered information that focuses your attention in one specific way. And so you're being manipulated by these companies by them gathering information about you. And that's the way we need to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying they're gathering information, we're not saying enough when we say, "Oh yeah, they're collecting a bunch of data, all your data." Because people go like, "No, okay. people don't. People don't know what that means." Right. But consider consider this: like, I don't know if, if ever, all the audience have 
heard of Bridget Bardot or not, but if you lived in the 60s, she was the sex queen of the movie world. And just today I saw an article that something she wrote in, in 2019 uh -huh. uh, about uh, natives uh, as being barbarous people. Uh, and they didn't quote too much of what she said. They, the article... Unfortunately, uh, but it's, it's what they do. They characterize what someone said instead of giving you the real data so you can decide. Right. You know, the actual quoted information was pretty limited. So I took that whole article with a grain of salt and I says, yeah. uh, but anyway, the other part of the story there was that was some agency. It's, it's she was she was French. So uh, still that is was the other part. Yeah, it still is. But, but, but part of the problem was in the article, they referred to some agency that was fining her something like $20,000, which is not a big deal for a movie star, you know. But nevertheless, I don't know what by what authority and what law could be so specific as to say she's using racist language yeah. and therefore subject to something that she said in 2019, unless it was in on the law books then, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, well, she I, has intentionally uh, done some stunts and stuff to bring attention to animal rights. She's a big animal rights activist. That's right. And yeah. so she's she's done a whole bunch of this, like, why are we killing tigers and rhinos to make aphrodisiacs? You know, these are the last of these animals, and we're 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 slaughtering them for stupid stuff that doesn't ex doesn't do anything anyway. Um, among other things, you know, she's spoken out very uh, passionately right. against like bullfighting. Despite the heritage of that sport, you know, it's it's brutal. And, and yeah. so she has intentionally done and said things to bring attention to that. Attention. You know, and if yeah. that means her having to pay a fine because, but, the, you know, she's saying, fine, that's the cost of getting my name in the paper so that I can talk about this again. Yeah. But, but what you, what we were talking about is, you know, people having information about us. Well, if it's a celebrity, then it's even something that they can make big, bigger hay about. So especially celebrities, if they've ever written anything or uh, that that can be interpreted in, in some other way. Uh, and, of course, everybody's going to try to tell you how they heard what you said, not what you said, you know. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's getting to the point of ridiculousness, you know, people. Uh, don't even know what they're talking about in too many cases because there's no not enough evidence in these articles or the charges made against certain people uh, to, to make up your own mind. They, nobody wants mm -hmm. you to make up your own mind. They want to convince you of their rightness. You know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, too, what's what's happened is is I think a lot of this started with uh, you know the online um, management of information and and filtering of information to to and, and excuse me and and it wasn't just randomly done it was done very specifically to direct you to coming back to websites so they wanted to make you come back to their websites because that's how they made money is you coming to their websites so sure. they could put ads on those websites but that has that technique that information is now being used in the media in general and so you know you watch a television media and you know uh television supposed television news shows that that um you know, do the exact same thing. Their their point isn't to provide you with news, and you know, f f shame on us if we ever thought it was. Their point was to get more money from advertisers, 
And so the more people they can get to tune in to see people saying whatever ridiculous thing they're going to say, you know, that that's to them a win because that means that they get money from advertisers. And so, you know, so they're not saying news to provide you with information. They're saying whatever they need to say in order to get you to come back so they can get paid better. And, right. and yeah. you know, we need to wise up as a society and get to that point and understand that, um, you know. Yeah, that all came full circle in one of the shows that I was watching Sunday. Uh, uh, basically, the guest, and I can't remember his name now, but he kept using the term media or uh, uh, another synonymous word. <laughs> and and the guy doing the interview kept getting his, you know, his kind of hyped up because he was being attacked, you know, along yeah. with the rest of the broad sweep of, of all of this as being, uh, he, he basically described what you just said. What the media is doing is uh, getting people riled up in order to sell their shows, yeah, yeah. You know? and and uh, and so, but he didn't want to accept that. You know, he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't let it go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 really frustrating. It is. You know, it's it makes you think too. As much as I I believe in you know capitalism and 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 the American system of democracy, I think there are some things that capitalism doesn't do well. You know. Um, yeah, People trying to make a mint, I think that, you know, like in development of new medical devices and stuff, capitalism does great. But in providing services to individuals, capitalism doesn't always do so good, um, you know, and uh, because it's all money driven. It's not driven towards the, you know, if you can align the money with the goal of what you want to get accomplished, then capitalism is perfect. But if you can't make the two align, then then you have some problems. And if the goal is yeah. to provide people with information, but they're. But the money is aligned with with making money, and you can do that better by not providing real information, but by providing controversy. Then you're going to get a lot of controversy. You're not going to get that much information, you know. And, exactly. You know, so I sometimes yeah. look at like some of the countries that have, and I'm not sure the government's the right way to do it either. But you know, if you have a a, a democratic government, at least there's a chance that a government sponsored thing, sort of like, you know, the the um, BBC. You know, there's not commercials there. It's 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 just paid for as part of your taxes, and they just provide information. Now, the the key is making sure they stay independent from you know whoever's in charge, because you don't want all your news to be slanted through the filter of, you know, the company, the 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 party that happened to win the last election. But um, um, well, you know, yeah, there's not a perfect answer here, but it's it's you know it's 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 clearly things are kind of a mess right now. It's hard. It's really hard. You have to work hard to actually get information that hasn't been colored by either uh, somebody's desire for dollars or somebody's desire for political agenda, you know, and those two things are making it really hard to just get a straight answer on almost anything. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, and, and the other part of the problem is, is that a lot of this stuff is now flowing over into the schools. You know, you can't even protect your kids anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I am shocked by the behavior of some of the people that are, are involved in the education system. It's totally unacceptable. Yeah. And they lost an election because of it. Yeah. Well, you was know? it the uh, the guy running for governor in uh, Virginia said, 
Parents yeah. should not be involved in decision about what's taught in the schools. Leave that up yeah. to the teachers. And I'm like, wait a minute. House. You work for these people. The people who are the parents are the people you work for. Don't you understand that? Yeah, I, I thought that, that was the stupidest thing to, politically to ever say in, yeah. in America. Yeah, I, I did too. It was just like that was about as big a gaffe as you could possibly make. That says, fire me as fast as you can, and they did. Yep, they went okie dokie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, there's, yeah. <laughs> I know, we're, tech, we, we've we gone away the from the the tech piece of that, but, but I think it all roots in, honestly, I think a lot of it started societally with the technology, and then people saw how how companies were weaponizing that information and said, hey, we could do that too. We don't have to have a Facebook. Yeah. If we have a platform where we can talk to people, we can do the same thing, and that's what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, it's it's a technology of communications. There's technology in everything, you know. Yeah. And uh, as, as we learn about what we can do and what we can't do and what we can get away with and can't get away with, we're we we call that mm-hmm. progress. But it isn't always because things can be can be, as you said, uh, driven toward some things that aren't necessarily goods like money for you know few individuals is not a good (laughs) yeah you know we prefer to see it more broadly distributed and everybody to have you know some kind of opportunities to and 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 for certainly we we want our freedom of speech that that's the most important right in the constitution and anybody who even suggests anything else is is got it they're going to they're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. It's just everybody recognizes that. Yeah. Although Don't here's where I would I would have an say. issue with that is that that we somewhere along the way somebody said that at a a uh, a corporation is a human being, you know, legally, and, and I think that's just a, that's such a a a twisting of reality. But I think that was, yeah. you know, that. But that's how we treat them: is, is corporations are basically treated as if they're a human, and 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 somehow they have, and the, and the, you know, individual rights well, as well. And I'm like, no, the people no, and, in the corporation fact, certainly have rights, but the corporation itself has no rights. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 the other one is that money gives Not you no a bigger rights, bullhorn. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another drawback of of the capitalist system, right? I mean, it's there. It, it's yeah. great and it works in a lot of ways, but there are some ways where it's just got some flaws. And so, you know, you try to create rules that that sort of temper those edges and and laws yeah. that temper those edges. And sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. You know, it's a work in progress. Democracy and and um, and the the corporate um, or the uh, market system is is a messy messy place uh and you know we just have to live with the mess and trust that it will you know we'll, we will self-correct over time in the long run it's still the yeah. better way to go but sometimes well, the, when you're in the, the middle of it it's frustrating <laughs> but 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 frustration unfortunately in the past few years has led to uh violence and yeah as just too ma- too many people are willing to accept uh, way too much violence. All the street violence that occurred in major cities, uh, as well as the January 6th episode, uh, none of it should have been allowed. None of it. And 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 then to abs- actually uh, 
fire policemen, the only people who can keep order. I mean, who's going to feel comfortable in a world with no order at all? Chaos. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, you know, um, stupidity of it. In, in the town in in um, um, uh, Minnesota, where um, uh, that I, I, I'm drawing a complete blank. The gentleman, that George was, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. George where, Floyd. where George Floyd was killed. Um, you know, they voted on whether they were going to defund the police and they went, nope. And if you look at the polls overwhelmingly in the black community, they were against that. They were like, no, we want to call yeah. the police. We just want them to when they show up to not point the gun at us. You know, <laughs> yeah. we want them to recognize that we're the ones who called you, you know, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's the people who live in poorer neighborhoods who who need the police. They don't want the police to That's- be defunded. Nobody does. You know, no. I think the problem was is the defund the police movement was had a marketing problem right from the get go. They were using the wrong term. What they yeah. should have done was let's 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 um, diversify the police in terms of their responsibilities. Try to add to the police, you know, some some uh, cup, uh, some counseling people who can come out and, you know, in in the in certain instances you need a counselor. You don't need a policeman. That's not what they're trained to do. You know, in yeah. other instances you absolutely need a man with a gun. You know, I mean, if an armed bank robbery is going on, I don't want a counselor showing up, Um, you know, but uh, it's, you know, they they really sold that badly. The Democrats did a really poor job of of framing that conversation. And so uh, they got what they got, what they advertised for, because nobody was going to say, get rid of the police. Well, and, and the thing about it is it's really a, been an ongoing thing as to how to train policemen to be more than just the big big man on the in the crowd yeah. to, to take charge. Uh, I mean, of course, he's got to be ready for that, but but uh, you need other skills out there is what you're saying. Absolutely. But some of those skills are yeah. not, not the same. You know, what we're saying right. is, is that one person shouldn't be required to have all those skills for all those situations that we should, we should be sending out people with different sets of skills, depending on what the call is. You know, yeah. it's like if there's a car accident, you know, they, they, you, you need an ambulance, you know, you need an EMT. Right. You, you, you don't need a guy who can, uh, you know, cut a tree down. You don't send a, uh, a lumberjack to that site you know you, you need you you match the skills to the situation and i think that that's the better yeah. way they should have been pitching this whole thing i think honestly that's what they meant but their their catchphrase their slogan was just wrong so yeah. anyway you know well, i say that but then i saw people on television who said no i absolutely mean defund the police you know and it's like well you're angry and you're wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> but most people i think didn't want that so as as evidenced by the vote, I mean, they didn't they voted it down. So, um, yeah. So I think we've kind of gone through pretty much everything we were going to talk about today and then some. Um, yeah, it's an hour and a half, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting right at an hour and a half. So I uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, sorry it came to you a little late, but it'll be available uh, streaming about the same time, probably. And uh, check out our other shows. We do have two for brew if you're interested in craft brewing and uh, two minute tech. It's literally two minutes long each episode. Just quick and easy things. Uh, I promise you that at some point in the future, you're going to actually see something about how to put the Apple icon into your uh, your text messages because I'm going to use that in a two minute tech episode. So, uh, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff in there like that. Quick and easy things that you can learn how to do to use your devices better. And I hope you enjoy that as well. 
Um, and we thank you for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. See you later, Dad. See you, Todd. Enjoyed it. Bye-bye. Bye.